Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. With betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki have prominent betting pitches at race courses across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. And now, get busy listening and get busy winning. Here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. Great to have your company as we look ahead to the weekend with a winning machine. A man who banged in four winners last week, including a 7-1 to one nap with Mitch Bahi and Dusky Lord, who was 14-1 to one when put up on the Final Forum podcast. It's the inform, time form. Mr. Mark Milligan is back, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up. Give it up. It wasn't bad, was it? The bookies are not happy with you, so... We did all right. The bookies are not happy with you at all. Really, really looking forward to this weekend, though. We've got some cracking action. This week, yes, we landed a few winners, but it was more run-of-the-mill handicap stuff last week. We've got some proper good group class action this week, haven't we? Yeah, let's be honest with you. Last week was a bloody average week. I mean, it got... For that hour where everything you tipped just went flying in, with the exception of the Aragol Cup. But we, we let you off with that one. We let you off with one race that you didn't get right. Um, that was extraordinary stuff. And it just... I was I was really kicking myself that I didn't go with the sensible uh, action of putting in Secure in the Lucky 63. Because when you're looking at a 7-1 to one and a 12-1 to one winner and then you've put in a 40-1 to one shot that falls out the back of the telly, you're like, oh, God, what have I done? Why didn't I just go with Mark and Secure? Um, and there was another horse that had won as well. But uh, yeah, that was that was tremendous, and that was great. But the quality of racing wasn't exactly spectacular. This is proper racing, and I'm really excited about it, and excited about the prospects of these horses' careers as well. We'll begin at the Curra. All these races will be live on ITV. The Alan Smurfit Memorial Burrisford Stakes. Aidan O'Brien has the favourite Adelaide River with Wayne Lorden on board. I have come to the conclusion that Wayne Lorden has moved up the ranks at Ballydoyle, and that. He's unofficially the second behind Ryan Moore now. Don't have a whole lot to base that on, other than he just seems to be banging in a lot of winners. Um, and it's nothing against Jamie Heffernan. It just seems that's how it's playing out. But maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, Kaluki go 13-8 to eight about Adelaide River, who was beaten as a short price favorite the last day, but was only beaten a neck. And um, it was a, a big run at Parry Longchamp. Uh, the second in the market is Pivotal Trigger for Jessica Harrington with Shane Foley on board, 7-2 to two with Kaluki, uh, who go 9-2 to two about Roaring Gallagher for Joseph. Aiden's also got Continuous with Emmett McNamara on board uh, by the Japanese stallion Hearts Cry out of the Galileo Mirror Fluff. So nice pedigree. And Lakota 7 for Joseph as well as an 8-1 to one shot Crypto Force for Michael O'Callaghan, who was a very expensive purchase. And was last seen at Royal Ascot behind Holloway Boy, uh, ten to one shot with the champion Colin Keane on board. Right, what's your impression of the Beresford Stakes, which tends to be a very good guide for how the middle distance races are going to pan out next season? Yeah, we're getting to the good stuff early, don't we? On Saturday with the Beresford at one thirty-five, I think it will go to Aidan O'Brien. I'm just not convinced it will be the favourite that will win it, though. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Adelaide Rivers' form. He sets a clear standard on that next second in a Group 3 at Longchamp last time. And he's by Australia, so you would expect him to be a good middle-distance performer next year. And as I say, there's absolutely nothing wrong with his form. And I wouldn't put anyone off if they want to go in at about 7-4. to four. What whatever the price will be, be somewhere in that region. But I was really taken. I don't know what to think, but I was really taken by Continuous's 
debut at the Curra in August so when he like- beat King of Scotia by a length and a half. And I'm a bit of a sucker for these Japanese sires, to be perfectly honest. And, and Hearts Cry is a sire I've got a lot of time for. And I think Coolmore have put, they've, they've invested quite a lot in, in trying to make a success of, of horses by these um, Japanese sires, haven't they, over the last couple of years? I think they deserve, <coughs> excuse me, they deserve to, to get a good one and, and continuous. For all he appears to be the second string, I think we can infer uh, the fact that Emmett McNamara is riding continuous and Wayne Lorden is on Adelaide River. I don't think the disparity in price that there's likely to be should be quite as big. And I'm quite keen on on continuous here. I think he'll improve markedly for that first start. And he interests me at a bit of a bigger price. I'm very keen on him as well. They've got uh, offspring of Lord Canula at Ballydoyle too, and um, some other Japanese stallions. But this is the only this is the only son of Hearts Cry currently in training at Belly Doyle. Um, and I was at the Curra that day when he won on debut, and I was very taken with that performance um, under Ryan Moore. He did edge a little bit to the left. Um, he was clearly carrying condition. Um, he was favourite, but he wasn't exactly a super strong favourite. And I liked it a lot. I thought that's a horse who's going to step forward massively from that. He's clearly a middle distance prospect for next season. Um, he's very closely related to the likes of Saxon Warrior and maybe, so it's a family that Aidan O'Brien knows very well and that Coolmore have done very well with. Um, and Aidan O'Brien mentioned this race straight after it for him. He talked about going to the Beresford. So I, I was really taken with that performance. I understand why Adelaide River is favourite, completely. You know, He was a very good winner at Dundalk on debut and Aidan has run plenty of good horses at, at Dundalk. Henry the Navigator, I think, might have been the one that that all kicked off with. Uh, to then go on and and do very well afterwards. Uh, and he travelled very strongly, and he's bringing good form into it and experience as well, having been to, to Parry Longchamp. I just think Continuous is better value, quite frankly. You're getting 11-2, to two, uh, about a beautifully bred horse trained by Aidan O'Brien, and it's 13-8, to eight, about another equally beautifully bred horse trained by Aidan O'Brien. I'll happily take the 11-2, to two, thank you very much. Um how many runnings has Aidan O'Brien won of the Beresford in the last 10 years? Well, do you know, this is something that I usually research, don't I? Because I'm a normally a sickler for these facts. And I haven't actually looked this time, but I'm sure you can furnish us with that information. Have a guess, Elstock. Oh, heck. In the last 10 years, it's going to be at least half of them, I would say. Five at least. Five at least? Ten. All of them. He's won all of the last... In fact, he's won all of the last 11 runnings of the race. There you go. <laughs> Including with Saxon Warrior, who Continuous is related to. Um, and Luxembourg took the race last year. So expect, whether it's Adelaide River or Continuous, expect a significant move in the Derby market. Anti-post to come for whoever goes and wins this race. Um, it's gone to the likes of Japan, Capri, Saxon Warrior. Inish Free, remember him? Um, some lesser lights as well, but it tends to be a good horse. And I'm completely uh, high definition a couple of years ago. I think you mean did he win this? Who has reverted back to <laughs> he who shall not be named? Oh Sorry. dear, it all went horribly wrong with him, didn't it? Uh, right, we'll move on to the Jumont Royal Lodge, the Group Two. It's a far cry from the days when Frankel won it. Four runners, bloody hell. Uh, Godolphin have got flying honours for Charlie Appleby and William Buick. 7-4 to four on with Kaluki. Greenland for Aidan O'Brien definitely is the big danger, I would have thought. 3-1. to one. Uh, The Foxes for Andrew Balding, who was our guest on the show on Tuesday, if the memory serves me right. And the documentary will be out Friday. So the documentary is called Horsepower. All four, I've seen the first two. All four episodes will be out on Friday on Amazon Prime Video. It's essential viewing. You'll love it. It's a great insight into the world of horse racing behind the scenes. Andrew and his wife, Annalisa, just come across so well. Um, and there's some very powerful stories in it. Horsepower, all four episodes available on Amazon Prime Video from Friday. 
And he's represented by the Foxes, uh, who beat Classic. I thought that was a really good performance that day. Um, when he got the better of Classic, uh, uh, Goodwood and Classic has gone on to win since. And then Dubai Mile for Charlie and Mark Johnston is the 11-1 to 1 outsider of the field. Daniel Muscus on board. This is an embarrassingly low turnout for a prestigious race, but hey-ho, we work with what we have. Um, I'm not sure I want to take 7-4 to four on about flying honours, though. Now, I, I'm with you. I wouldn't be desperate to back a horse at, at four to seven. Although I was very impressed with the way he did the business at Salisbury last time. I think we, we talked about him, didn't we, on a podcast not long after that. I think you'd had Urshin Murphy on, and Urshin Murphy had waxed lyrical That's right. about this horse. He said he's as the well. best he said he's the best two year old that, that Godolphin had. And I thought he was um, going to say Noble Style, because this is after Noble Style had won at York, and he went, no, I think it's flying honours. And he was very, very good at Salisbury. There probably wasn't a massive amount of depth in that listed race, but then there's not a massive amount of depth in this group too here either. I think Greenland, he, he's, no, he's no superstar, is he? It's taken him four attempts to get off the mark. I think he's worthy second favourite judged on what he's achieved so far the Foxes he beat Classic that opens up a few old wounds for Ooh. me uh, if you think I was, I was all over Classic that day yeah, I wasn't was too. good one yeah, I was too I got way too carried away with Classic yeah. Oh, de- desperate times. Um, it's not a race I'll be betting in, to be perfectly honest I wouldn't be desperate to back flying on us but at the same time I wouldn't be desperate to take him on either. I think he's a very good horse. I, I think I would just sit on my hands and, and watch him and hope we get a decent performance here. Yeah, I mean, look, he's exciting. What he did at Sandown was really impressive. He's then gone to Salisbury and absolutely bolted up. He's bred to be a horse who's going to be competing in really prestigious prizes and winning them. And he probably will. Um, and in terms of the strength and depth that's up against him, like I'm, I'm intrigued by Foxes. It was disappointing to see Classic beaten the last day, but he did win right after that race. Um, but Classic was then beaten subsequently, and maybe that race just came a little bit too fast. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But the Foxes was good. You know, they, they deemed him good enough to go to Royal Ascot, having been beaten on his debut, and he took a big step forward at Glorious Goodwood to go and win. That was a, a really likable performance. I wouldn't sleep on him. I would not sleep on him at all, at all. Uh, and he cost an awful lot of money, as did Greenland. But as you said, Greenland, it took four attempts to get off the mark. That's unusual for Aiden. Yeah. It's, it's um, unusual just, for... We, yeah. The one thing I would it's, say about Greenland is at least his form ties in with Proud and Regal, who's gone and been second in a Group 1, Helsing, who's favourite for the big sales race that we're going to talk about later on. It does... It does hit right. You know, his his form is is good enough that maybe it's just taken him a little bit of time to really get the swing of things and get going. But given the strength and depth that Aidan O'Brien has in his juvenile division with the likes of August Roden and uh, and plenty of others, that Royal Lodge hasn't really been the race that Aidan goes and, and targets with his really superb talents. Like His two winners in the last 10 years were Royal Dornock and Mohawk. He doesn't really tend to target this with with a good horse. I suspect that Greenland is in here to give him an idea of just how good and where they stand with the likes of Flying Honours. And it will give him a, a good view as to what they have at home, which I think is yeah, a I lot of talent. Uh, and for that reason, I listen, if you want to have a bet in it, have a bet in it, lads. Um, lads and ladies, get stuck in if you want. But, and Oshin did say, I don't want to misquote him. I'm pretty certain he said he thinks that Flying Honours is the best of the Godolphin ones. I'm pretty certain that's what he said. Because um, I was I was full sure he was going to talk about Noble Style. Uh, and it was Flying Honours he wanted to wax lyrical about. And Oshin will be on the show again very soon. But um, there's no each-way option here. It's four runners. It's an odds-on favourite. Take him on with the Foxes or Greenland if you want to. Even Mark Johnson's horse if you want to. But... For me, I'll, I'm like yourself. I'll be watching this race with a view to the future. I won't be putting any any money on it. Yeah, I think sometimes 
particularly when we've got the prospect of seeing what could be a really smart horse. Sometimes you, you just don't need to bet deer to enjoy a performance. I think any other result than a flying honours resounding win in this race, for me, would be a disappointing result. Because I like, if we identify a horse as a good one, I like to see them go out and put a performance up and, and see us vindicated. So for that reason and that reason alone, I'm hoping that, that Flying Honours wins this and I'm hoping he wins it impressively, but I won't be backing. Yeah, we're both going to skip that one. Chile Park, I think we're both going to be getting stuck in though, but we haven't talked about this beforehand, so I don't know what your thoughts are, but I know what mine are. Jump on Chile Park, Group 1, 10 runners, Trillium is the 2-1 to one favourite with Kaluki, uh, having been cut from threes just before we went on air. Meditate was pushed out to nine to four from twos just before we came on air. Lazoo was also pushed out by Kaluki six to one. Swing along uh, sixes just Sierra for Rafe Beckett and Rob Hornby. An eight to one shot that horse was cut from tens this morning. Uh, Paddy Toomey's Treasure Cove was cut from twelves by Kaluki. Maj pushed out to fourteens, um, and Malin C is a thirty-three to one shot. Right, a lot of horses that we talked about here a few times on the show, not least. Meditate, Lazoo, and Maj, what is your view on the Chivley Park? Yeah, I think when you, you start to break this race down, there are two fillies that come to the fore, and they're the two at the head of the betting, Meditate and Trillium. There's nothing wrong with Trillium's form. She's won her last three. She beat the Platinum Queen in the Flying Childers at Doncaster the other week by a short head. Now, the Platinum Queen had been second in the Nunthorpe, hadn't she? So there's absolutely nothing wrong with that form. I just think Meditate's just a, a, a bit of a class above her, though, to be honest. Yeah. She bumped into possibly the best two-year-old filly in Europe last time in Tahira. I don't think I'm exaggerating there, am I? No, I'd agree I say. with that. That, that Tahira is she's she's the cream of the crop I think where two year old fillies are concerned yes it was a little bit of a, a surprise that Meditate got beaten she went off even money for that I think you were probably expecting her to win I was expecting her to win but the way Tahira did that stamped herself as a really really top class filly in the making with all the women in the world I don't think Trillium is another Tahira in here and I'll be disappointed if Meditate can't win this yeah they were surprised she was beaten but they couldn't be overly disappointed because clearly Dermot Wills Philly is just different gravy like she's clearly different mustard um, and you know, they've invested a lot in Siuni so they're not going to be too overly not going to be complaining too much about a Siuni going winning either um She's beautifully bred. She's a half sister to Tarwana. That was that was extraordinary. Maybe, maybe a lot of racing is going to catch up at Meditate, and being so good early in the season might see her flatten out. But I think that is a nonsense, quite frankly. I I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that's the reason why she's not favourite. I think she's not favoured for this race, and I think it's wrong that she isn't. I think she should be. I would flip these prices around. I think Meditate should be two to one, and Trillium should be nine to four. And it is very much. It could be that viewpoint that Meditate is coming in here after being very good early in the season, and was beaten last time out. But she pulled well clear of everything else. She just bumped into one, and as good as Lezo is, and as much as I like Maj, Maj lacks scope. That might be as good as Maj is. Now, the 14s is a big price. And I might use the forecast angle with her. In fact, I will play the forecast angle with Maj and, and Meditate. But overall, Meditate at 94 is just too big. And I suspect people didn't expect her to line up here. And now that she is, because she was, I think she was 5-1 to one with Kaluki during the week. Um, and when Aidan O'Brien confirmed her, most sports books are now just scrambling to try and figure out what to do. And maybe form hunters are looking at it and going, well, you know, she was putting her place in a group one last time out. 
That's more than good enough to go win this. That run is more than good enough. She's officially a pound higher than Trillium. Yet you were, we're getting nine to four about Meditate and it's two to one about Trillium. Meditate all day long. All day long. Yeah. And I, if she replicates I, her current run, she wins. I agree. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think there's. it's hard to knock Trillium on what she's achieved to date. But I, do we see her being a classic Philly next season? I don't think no. so. I think at best she'll probably be a, a decent class sprinting Philly. I think Meditate will likely be heading to the 1,000 guineas. And if she's to take her place there, I think she needs to be winning this. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna chuck something at you here long term and we can see how this pans out, but it'll take us a few months. Morge is a filly I like, as you know. Mm-hmm. I think she wins the UAE one thousand guineas at uh, Maidan early next year. Would she act on dirt? Yeah. No worries there for me. Exceed and Excel is a sire who's got a good record around Maidan, and she's got a forward-going style. It's a race that Syed Bin Sarur likes to target. I think that's where she'll end up, and she's going to win a good race. That'll be the one that she wins, I think. That makes sense, and it makes sense that she would be the one that would that would be going for that as well. Um, that's That's a slight issue for her here, that she's not going to be able to dictate things in the way that she likes to. Like, she couldn't do that at York. It's very difficult to envisage how she's going to do it here with Meditate in the field. But her and Meditate might get away from them. Um, Swing Along will will be up there as well, of course, and that's what she did at, at York. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Maj is involved in the finish, and I think the 14s is just too big for forecast purposes, for win purposes, no. But the UAE 1000 Guineas is a great shout. That's a great shout with her. Yeah, I think I think that's I think it, she'll. I think I think we already know that she's probably going to just fall short of the best fillies of her generation in Europe. There's no reason why she can't go over there and and win the UAE 1000 games. I think that after this race, I think she'll be put away entirely. Yeah, you'd imagine Sibin's will just work backwards from there. Um, yeah. Meditate. So for both of us, nine to four is more than fair. The Judmont Middle Park, Group 1. Kaluki go 5-2 to two about Blackbeard. Okay. Uh, Marshman is also 5-2. to two, Joint favourite for Carl Burke and Clifford Lee. Massive run against Noble Style last time out, but has he won a Group 1? No. Charlie Appleby, 7-2 to two with Mischief Magic. William Buick, a good winner last time out. He's won his last three. Persian Force, Richard Hannon and Ross Ryan, an 11-2 shot. And the Antarctic has been slashed by Kaluki. 16-1 to yesterday, 10-1 to this morning, 8-1 to now. Tom Marquand for Aidan O'Brien. Blackbeard's too good for this lot. Surely, Mark Milligan. Oh, I went into the race thinking... Exactly the same thing, but when I started to delve into the replays, there was one horse who really, really took my eye, and that's Zoology of James Ferguson's. Damn! Wow, was was he impressive at Yarmouth? I think it was only last week, wasn't it? Um, A son of Zeus star. Now, don't get me wrong, he's got to improve a lot on the bare form there to to beat Blackbeard, who clearly, clearly for me, sets the standard amongst the opposition. But I was just so taken by that run at Yarmouth, and I think he's got tons more to offer. And he's going to be an each-way price in here. I was prepared to play. I do like Blackbeard, don't get me wrong. Um, and Aidan O'Brien should always be your first port of call in these kind of races. But I'm 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 in danger of falling into the trap of the visuals boys here, aren't I? But I was so taken by that run at Yarmouth. The visual impression he created, he's a horse who looks like he's got plenty of scope, cleared right away in the final furlong. He he could be a good one for me. 
he blasted off in front and nothing could get near him. He never saw another horse that day. And if he's capable of replicating that, then yeah. Um, and look, you are the two-year-old handicapper for time form. So nobody better to assess this race than yourself. No pressure. Um, and I'm certainly not going to question you when you're putting up a 10 to 1 shot on the final Fortnite podcast. A 10 to 1 with Kaluki right now. But as convincing as you are, I think Aiden O'Brien's going to have the 1 2 here. I think Blackbeard is going to beat the Antarctic. I think they're going to fight out the finish here again. Um, I was really taken, I made it a point of asking Aiden when he was on for Irish Champions Weekend about two year olds who weren't going to run then to find out what's going on with Meditate, what's going on with Blackbeard and the Antarctic. And he talked about them both. Now, obviously, Meditate ran that weekend. But we have that in our in our locker. But I asked him about Blackbeard in the Antarctic as well. And these are two horses who are clearly going to be sprinters next year. Like, the idea of Blackbeard being a 2,000 guineas horse, forget about that. That's that's not going to happen. Um, and the Antarctic is... I mean, he needs to step forward. There's... No question about that. Uh, and he has something to find with Blackbeard, not just once, but twice. But he has been to Deauville and won a Group 3. He's been second in a Group 2, uh, third in a Group 1 last time out, just behind Blackbeard. He's coming forward all the time, and they're very happy with him at home. But they're really happy with Blackbeard. Really happy with him. He's got experience on his side. He's got speed. There's an awful lot to like about him, and I just wonder if this is going to... It's only 11 days since Zoology made his debut, and I wonder if this is going to come just a little bit too fast for him. And Blackbeard's going to be up there as well. Like, he's not going to be able to dictate in the way that he did. I am not talking anybody out out of a 10-to-1 shot for an informed Mark Mulligan. Uh, by all means, go with that, but I think... I was a little bit surprised that Marshman and Blackbeard are joint favourites. I thought Blackbeard should be outright favorite and the five to two is very appealing to me is that is that out of line to say is it is it am i reaching there no no absolutely not i think blackbeard should be favorite i think for me he sets a clear standard on form marshman's run behind noble style at york was a good one absolutely i don't think it's quite as good as the level that blackbeard has achieved. Um, I think the official handicappers got it about right in here. He's got Blackbeard 115, Marshman 113. And yes, I am. I'm pushing it a little bit to suggest that zoology can run to that sort of level on just his second start. But I think it's a, a bold sign of intent that James Ferguson is prepared to pitch this horse in here on just his second start. So I'm hoping he can improve. And if not win, then at least bag a place at double figure odds. I thought it was interesting that he even had the middle park entry when he was running just last week. Never mind turning up. I think that's that was a tip in itself for last week. Um, and now they're, they're deciding, yeah, let's go for it. So it was very impressive. Very, very impressive. Uh, that horse is Zoology, and he is 10 to 1 with Kaluki. Uh, the Antarctic 8 and Blackbeard 5 to 2. Big sales race at the Curra is the Goffs Million. 1 million euro guaranteed for two olds only, which have been catalogued in the 2021 Goffs Orby sale and have been declared by Goffs Bloodstock Sales Limited. Helsing for Gerlines is the 3 to 1 favourite after a good win. Last time out, he was second to Proud and Regal and beat Congo River, who finally got a win the other day. Um, He's been off for 50 days and has been trained for this race. Uh, he's the 3-1 to one market leader. From Luxembourg's brother, his full brother, Hiawatha, trained by Aidan O'Brien, ridden by that man, Wayne Lorden, a 4-1 to one shot, having been cut from fives by Kaluki before we came on air. And he cost 1.2 million. Chump change for the Coolmore posse. Chump change. They'd find it down the back of the sofa. Uh, Ed Bethel brings over Oviado. Eight to one shot with Kevin Stott on board. He was third last time out at York behind Chaldine, who we love that horse on the show. Um, he could be a Guineas winner. Uh, Joseph O'Brien has got Zone Innocent, 
Let's just go with that very quickly. Nine to one. He's a monster for Holly Doyle and Archie Watson. Ten to one. Twelves. Bossy Parker, a 12 shot. And Killy Beggs, Warrior. Charlie and Mark Johnston. Ronan Whelan on board is a 12 to one shot. There's a lot of UK trainers coming over. If you give the prize money, they will come. But it's two Irish horses at the top of the betting. Helsing and Hiawatha. How do you see it going, Mark Milligan? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You put on an awful lot of money and then you get the trainers sending their horses over, don't you? This race has got a guaranteed prize pool of 1.2 million euros, something like that, which is roughly the same as as what Hiawatha cost, isn't it? The the full brother to Luxembourg. You're getting €611,000 if you win. If you finish 10th, €6,340. Like that's good, good we're talking big money here. We're talking big, big money, um, and they've got a field of nineteen for this race over seven furlongs. You think of the Royal Lodge is a really important race, and that's got good prize money. The Royal Lodge is one hundred and twenty-five grand guaranteed. Um, they get four runners. This race is a sales race. It doesn't have the prestige, but it's got the money, and it gets nineteen. And bear in mind, only horses who were catalogued at the 2021 Goffs Orby sale can run in this. Put the money up and they'll come. Right, who do you think is going to win? It's a tricky one. But, look, he wasn't impressive last time. Helsing, the horse I'm talking about here, who cost 100,000 euros. But I think you've kind of got to look beyond that. He did enough to get the job done in a listed race last time. He was workmanlike rather than impressive. But we just have to look at this horse's entries in the Dewhurst and the Vertem Futurity to know that the Joe Lions and the Team Valley owners team clearly think an awful lot about this horse it's a tricky old race, but I think potentially Helsing is better than he should in that listed race last time. Even though he won, and don't get me wrong, he won and he won a listed race. I was just expecting a little bit more from him. Yes, we've got Hiawatha, who cost a, an absolute fortune, and it's interesting that they're going for this race rather than a group contest, maybe trying to get back a little bit of that one2 million euros outlay that they put. And we've got plenty of big stables from England coming over as well, haven't we? Richard Hannon, Charlie and Mark Johnston, Richard Fahey, Charlie Hills, Roger Varian, Andrew Balding. The list goes on, but I'm going to be really boring and side with the favourite Helsing here because I think he's a potential group horse. It's a competitive field and we've got 19 runners, I don't think too many of them have got pretensions to be group animals as three-year-olds. Helsing definitely falls into that category for me. I think Hiawatha wins it. Um, If this was a normal week, as in, if this race didn't exist, Hiawatha goes for the Royal Lodge or for the Beresford. But he comes here and... I really liked his debut at Killarney. I was a little bit disappointed with him at Galway, but he didn't... It, it wasn't that he went down through a lack of fight. He's clearly got a, a tough engine um, and a tough mindset. He just lost out on the day um, to serious challenge for Jim Bulger, who ran an absolute blinder. Now, he has subsequently finished three and a quarter lengths off of August Roden. And I know that Jim Bulger rates that horse pretty highly. Um, he doesn't have fancy entries, but I've, I've heard he's one who's going to be... They're, they're intrigued by him, put it that way. I'll be keeping a close eye on him. Um, I think it's fascinating they've decided to come for this race. He was described by Ryan Moore as being very babyish last time out. And he's got a lot of size to him. There's a big frame for him to still fill. And I think over the winter, you're going to see a different horse. By the time he comes back as a three-year-old, 
he's going to be a big, big player. But it's fascinating to me that they've decided to run this fella here uh, as a full brother to Luxembourg. You know, they could be running this fella in the Royal Lodge or running him in the Beresford. And they've decided, no, we'll go for this race instead. Um, and I did say that you know, the Royal Lodge isn't exactly a race that Aidan O'Brien goes with his elite horses with. And I would stand by that. And I'm not saying this fella's going to win the Derby, but I think he can win this. I think the 4-1 to one is, is fair. I think it's a fair price. Uh, would echo everything you said about Helsing. I wouldn't put anybody off him, but I think Hiawatha is going to have a little bit too much. And um, interesting that uh, Aidan O'Brien has decided to rock up there instead, because it's not like Coolmore need the money. Um, they obviously... They, I, I do... I have taken note of the fact that they want to support these races. They won... Oh, what was the name of the the Air Force Blue who won? Little no God. Um, there was an Air Force Blue who won a big sales race two years ago. Um, there was a couple of years ago because I wrote the report on the race Chief Little Hawk. Yes, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that, that yeah. It, it did a massive favor for Air Force Blues. Um, stallion record because suddenly he had all that prize money and it, it did him a, a huge favor in the in the um, sires rankings, but you know, ultimately Air Force Blue didn't exactly make it as a stallion, so um, exit stage stage right. But it is intriguing to me that Coolmore are supporting these races. Um, Hiawatha has higher aspirations than this. I'm sure most of these horses do, but he's showing the right signs. He's, he's a good attitude. That was a really good performance at the Curra the last day. Um, beating Fleetfoot, and I was very taken by what Ryan Moore was saying, that he's he's babyish. That was a quote that really stood out to me. I expect him to take a big step forward, and I think he'll take a lot of beating. He'll take, um, he's going to take a fair bit of stopping. Um, and uh, while Ryan Moore will be at Newmarket, it's a great opportunity for Wayne Lorden to, uh, to get one on the board. Right. Ryan Moore is going to be involved in our last race, the Cambridgeshire Handicap. 29 runners of a max field of 35, 103,000 pounds in prize money, 200 grand guaranteed, 103,000 to the winner. This goes to show you how insane that million pound race is at the Curra. Well done to everybody for getting that on. Uh, Mushtaba for William Haggis and Jim Crowley. The champion trainer elect has the four to one favorite with Kaluki from fives, Mushtaba. Uh, he's also got protagonists with Tom Marquand on board, seven to one shot from eights. Son of Wooden Bassett. Savvy victory for Ryan Moore is a 9-1 to one shot. Totally charming and a first-time tongue-tie. George Bowie, William Buick. Tens from 12s with Kaluki. William Knight's got dual identity. Like this horse a lot. 12-1 uh, to one from 11s. And Jimi Hendrix, another one who's got a chance. Rafe Beckett and Rob Hornby, 12-1 to one with Kaluki Sportsbook. Talk to me about the big betting race of the weekend, the Cambridgeshire Handicap. Just the 29 runners. <laughs> Real simple for you. Real easy. <laughs> and obviously the starting point for me is Mujtaba because he was so impressive at Doncaster the other week. I think it's no coincidence that they put the tongue tie on for him the first time there and he could have been called the winner somewhere out in that Doncaster contest. But do you do you really want to be back in a horse at five to one, eleven to two in a, a twenty nine runner handicap? Wouldn't be for me, Saeed Bin Sarur intrigues me in here. Let's go. Because he's he's clearly targeting this race for the second year running, having won it with Bedouin's story last year. And he fields four. And I'm really keen on his electrical storm in here, who hasn't run for 49 days. And I think he's been freshened specifically for this contest. He won a handicap at York in June over this trip, nine furlong trip, and that form has proven really, really strong. Plenty of winners have come out of that contest. He then went to Sandown. I just thought he was a little bit stretched by the mile and a quarter up the hill at Sandown. Still ran perfectly well to be beaten two and a half lengths behind our cube. And then conversely, they dropped him back to a mile at Haydock last time. And I felt that was just a touch sharp for him. 
I think this nine furlong trip hits him right between the eyes here. He could be, it's it's an odd trip, isn't it? The nine furlong trip. Yeah. But he strikes me as a horse, he, he strikes as a horse who could be a real specialist at this nine furlong trip. I think he's really well handicapped off 92. I wasn't entirely sure whether you want it to be low or high that the the biases on the new market track can be a movable feast from day to day from meeting to meeting so his drawing stall 12 somewhere buried towards the middle i thought was probably as good as you could ask for side bin Sarur's horse is absolutely flying at the moment i think he's uh, had something like Three winners, three winners from his last six runners. He's not, he's not running too many, but he's hitting at a really, really strong strike rate. As I say, he won this race with Bedouin Story last year. He's clearly going all out to try and win it again. And I think Electrical Storm could be the pick of his quarter. What do you make of Brilliant Light? Now, Brilliant Light is a horse that. I followed quite closely from his time in Maidan last year. And he's just, he's not the most consistent, is he? No. I thought that was a pretty good run to start to go when he was second to Forest Falcon. He then didn't really back it up at York last time, did he, when he was sent off favourite? He's just, I think he's a horse who, for me, he's just flattered to deceive. He's got a record of three wins from 18 starts. Dougie Costello rides him. I'm not sure Dougie Costello would have been Saeed Bin Saro's go-to jockey. I think it could be significant that Kieran Fallon, young Kieran Fallon, rides Electrical Storm. Do we know, does does his dad, does uh, Kieran Fallon Sr. still ride out for good old thing. I think he does. But you can never be sure with Kieran what's going on there, but I think he still does. <laughs> and then that makes the the jockey booking there for me of, of particular interest. Mm. I thought Brilliant Light was, was intriguing. I completely take on board your point about um, he's not the most consistent. He was only beaten three and a half lengths the other day, but I was I was a little bit disappointed with that. I thought he was going to step forward from, from Goodwood. That was a, a cracking run. I liked his, his record at, at York as well back in July. But I was really interested in Electrical Storm too. Um, and I've been trying to find the angle that gets me away from Mushtaba. Because his performance at Doncaster was really impressive and had all the hallmarks of that's a group race winner either yeah. by the end of the season or next year when he comes back in training next season, he will be a group horse. Um, but the Air Gold Cup last week is just the old slap in the face to remind anybody, if you want to be getting stuck into a short-priced William Haggis horse in a handicap who looks like a good thing, maybe he is a good thing, but it doesn't always pan out that way. And look, this stable won the race with a, a big gamble not so long ago. Um... And it's entirely possible that this fella is just going to prove way ahead of of everything else. And with the way Haggis' horses have been running, maybe not so much in, in recent weeks, but certainly throughout the season and the way Jim Crowley's season has been going, particularly in the Shadowall colours, maybe this fella just blitzes them and goes in again. Protagonist has been very good since he came over from Ireland for William Haggis. Uh, disappointing to see Tolcom leave the yard during the week and head down to Australia. But I'm like yourself. I'm not entirely certain I want to be back. In fact, I don't want to back a four to one shot in a competitive handicap. I think we'll get bigger on the day. I think Kaluki will be going five to one. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Go on, lads. Give him the old elbow there. Um, give the, the little nudge to the elbow. Come on, lads. Give us fives in the morning on the Saturday. But 14s about electrical storm is fair. That's a very fair price. And I see him running a massive race. Sidemen Soror's got a 100% runners to form record right now. Three out of his last six of one. It's frighteningly small numbers he's sending out, but the horses are running incredibly well. And it, it's surely significant that he's sending all these horses and the Kieran Fallon, who was third on him 
in 2020. He's very lightly raced. Like he missed all of 2021. So that was only his third run back uh, at Haydock. And I think he's been, I think this has been the plan for quite some time. So I'd be with you. Electrical Storm. 14 to 1 with Kaluki. Uh, if Brilliant Light interests you, 20s with Kaluki. And the favorite, Mushtaba, is a 4 to 1 shot. But I'm with, I'm with Mark. Electrical Storm. Kieran Fallon. Let's go. When did they drop the junior? Yeah, that, that's, that's not a thing anymore, is it? It just disappeared. It's just Kieran. It never made any sense to me anyway, because it's Kieran with a K, and this is Kieran with a C. So I call him yeah. Junior. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't fit. Um, but that just mysteriously disappeared. Right, Electrical Storm, so is the pick. Who is the nap for you, my friend? Meditate, 225, new market. Let's She's go! Let's go! Uh, my nap is the scumbag each way patent. I'm going to be greedy. Meditate, Blackbeard, Hiawatha. Let's go! Let's go! The Ballydoyle patent each way treble. Do your treble, do your patent. They're all going to be in the frame and they're all going to win. I'm very confident about Meditate. I'm very confident about Blackbeard. I am confident about Hiawatha. And I believe Kaluki are going five places. Maybe it's four. I think it's five. Ask him. Ask Kaluki. That clown on that podcast, he said you're going five places. Will you give me five? Actually, don't say I said they're going five. Colin, don't put that baseball rat down, Colin. Uh, Maybe it's four, but I think it's five. Ask for it. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. And if the horse finishes sixth, listen, if I throw a dog a bone, I don't want to know how it tastes. Let's just, let's go. Uh, the dream is alive and uh, and we will go with that. Right, uh, you're back on Monday because we're going to be breaking down the key performances from the weekend. We're also going to be looking at some of the big stories in, uh, in the world of racing as well. Um, is the racing league going to be back for a third year? That remains to be discussed on Monday, doesn't it? I don't think I've ever done an about turn as quickly in my life as I have on the Racing League. On the basis of new evidence. Throw it away and get rid of it. A whole week went by. I grilled the CEO of the Racing League last week on TalkSport about the Irish horses. Why is it that there were at least Eight Irish trainers. See if I can rattle these off off the top of my head. Michael O'Callaghan, John Murphy, Adrian McGuinness, Dunnick O'Brien, Joseph O'Brien, Mick Halford, the Stacks, Johnny Murta. I think there's more than that, but they're all Irish-based trainers. None of them sent a runner over. They're all listed as being part of it. They had all signed up to be part of the Racing League. None of them sent a runner over. Why? I asked the CEO about that. He gave a, a good answer, so I went in again. And um, you know, he's, he's trying to, to play things in, in the right way, and that's fine. But I was very skeptical of the Racing League, and I was quite vocal of that. It won me over. But a week has gone by, and it's now Thursday, the 22nd of September, and I don't care that the Racing League is not on tonight, and I'm not missing it. I think there's much bigger issues in the world of racing. And that prize money, if we're going to find that money, that money could be going into the sport in much better ways. But hey, by the time Monday comes along and we're doing the weekend review, maybe I'll have had another about turn and be like, oh, the racing league is great. But I don't think so. I think it's it doesn't work. Do you know what really did it for me, Mark? The attendance figures. The yeah. attendance figures were not, appallingly not bad. God, they were... 991 people at Newcastle. Deary me, that's shocking. If you can't get the crowd on board, who cares about it then? Who Who is the racing league for then? Because I'm all for the stables getting more prize money. That's great. But if the audience aren't on board, if you can't get them hooked, you've got ITV covering this thing. 
You've got promos on Sky Sports News. And it's a ghost town. Tumbleweeds. More tumbleweeds than people. Nah, doesn't do it. Doesn't work at all. Anyway, Mark and I will break all that down in the big performances and reflect on Mark slaying it again as we all fill up the wheelbarrows, go up and down the lines and get the gravy. That's Monday on the Final Forum Podcast. You can listen to Andrew Balding talk about the new documentary, Horsepower. I also ask him about the current state of British racing as well, and um, he talks in depth about that. And our first jumps show. So we did a stable tour with Harry Derham, which was a lot of fun to do. But our first jumps preview of the season with Paul Ferguson came out yesterday. Thank you so much for the retweets uh, and for getting it up to, was it number seven on Apple Podcasts? Yeah, that's going to go higher. That's going to go a lot higher than that. Um, that was huge. So we talk about the grade one chasers for the new season. Gallop on Deschamps. Um, and plenty more. We look at the we look at it through the, the vision of the King George Gold Cup, Ryanair Division, and Gem- Champion Chase Division. Um, some great stuff from Paul Ferguson. There's also a discount code for Paul's fantastic book with Weatherby's Jumpers to Follow. And you can find out the discount code in that edition of the podcast, right? Paul reads it out um, and you get yourself a nice little discount on the book, the digital copy, or the bundle uh, from Weatherby's shop. So it's a terrific publication. It's a must read and it's a great listen. I really enjoyed having Paul back. Paul is back next week. We're going to be talking about the champion hurdle, the stairs hurdle, and the leading hurdlers to look forward to for the new season. And then the following week, we're talking about the leading novices for the new season. Oh, I'm getting excited about the jumps. And Mark is a big jumps man as well. So he's going to be doing some specials with us on that too. Uh, But you can listen to that now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all good podcast apps, and some rubbish ones as well. Uh, A five-star rating on your favorite podcast app where you're listening to us on TuneIn, Spotify, Apple. We're independent. We're not here with... Uh, big bookmakers telling us what to do and what we can say and what we can't say in the background. We're we're completely independent and we just have the crack with you and you're the ones who make this the success that it is and I'm bowled over by it. So if you haven't given us a five-star rating yet, do it. You're a firm part of the show and we really appreciate all your help and support. Uh, do that for us. Hit them with the RT on Twitter. Like on Facebook, all that malarkey. Uh, it does help. And um, there's another competition coming your way next week as well. From Mark Milligan and from myself, Emerson Kennedy, uh, and from the trading team at Kaluki, who are now in a panic after Mark's huge week last week with an influx of more gravy coming in the listeners' way. No pressure, Mark. Uh, as winners come flying thick and fast. Let's go! Um, can't wait. Looking forward to it. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Be safe, be well. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. With betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki have prominent betting pitches at race courses across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. And the final furlong is brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday. The ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app to get involved with world-class trainers, including Henry DeBromhead, Gordon Elliott, and Donald McKay. Join us at allaboutsunday.com.